welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who hates Barry Bonds with a passion, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing fine, except that slanderous, slanderous statement there. Uh, I'm uh, I'm doing very well. That's very nice here in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, hey, the Mariners played a couple of pretty good series. It's a good series here, so things are going well. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. It's, it's, uh, not as hot today, uh, where I'm at. So, uh, it was a little bit cooler, a little bit nicer. Um, good weather, still a little hot for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, 40 degree and short person, you know? So, uh, 70 degrees was a little hot today, but you, you like the intro though? I, you know, I'm trying to manifest you hating Barry Bonds so I can get all your Barry Bonds cards. Oh, I know. I mean, oh, I'm fully aware. Oh, I'm fully aware. Past. I'm fully aware. Actually, I haven't I haven't gone back actually to check to make sure that Barry Bonds card you really wanted is actually still in my collection. So I probably need to go back and do that. So um No, I, I was thinking about it today before we hopped on and I I, I think I'm gonna offer you a cash value for it. So all right. Let's do it to it. <laughs> before we, <laughs> we will. We will. I promise you we'll get there, just not on the show. Before we get into everything, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Coming back, listening to us, it's episode number 56, if you're a returning listener, obviously. Um, but if you're a first-time listener, hey, thanks for choosing Forks Down, and hopefully we're your new home for Mariners Baseball Talk. Um, Bo and I have been doing this 56 episodes strong. Um, you know, every uh, every episode is another episode closer to 100, and I think that's a pretty pretty cool milestone. Um, so, you know, thanks for being a part of that and hopefully you stick with us. Uh, you know, we, we have good shows, we have bad shows, but we always have fun with it. So, um, if you haven't already go hit up our social media pages, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, search Forks Down Podcast. Um, we, uh, try to post when we put up new episodes. Uh, you know, you can, you can send us messages Our our inboxes are already always open on there you can search send us messages and um you know we can talk about stuff or if you want question asked on air just let us know um and then uh on your podcast listening apps hit like and subscribe um you'll get notified when we drop new episodes you know we we drop new episodes every tuesday and friday although i had a little snafu and you guys got the uh uh episode early on monday after we had uh, i got done editing so um you know, that might happen once in a while, so but it will let you uh let you know when we drop them. So how how fast was that, Bo? Did you time it? Did you have your, your timer uh, not out? Not this time around, nope. Was do you think you know it was slower or faster than Fergie's uh national anthem this year? <sighs> um I don't know, Rick. I have I haven't watched Fergie's national anthem. Maybe you should give me an update there. I think I was just about right on time. So well done there. Good job. Just, just okay. Good. You should you should definitely go back and watch it. Um, can't remember what basketball teams were playing, but it panned to a couple of the basketball players, and they were laughing at her because it was not a great rendition of the mm. national anthem. So, yep, not not enough autotune, I guess. So. <laughs> Oh, but let's get into some Mariners notes. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna not just classify this as Mariners notes because we got a couple. Eh, we'll we'll say AL West notes. Um, you know some things, trade deadlines. 
you know, August 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So that's fast approaching. We're starting, you know, the hot stove's really, really burning. And the Mariners got in on it. Um, they made their first trade um, of the deadline season. Uh, traded Jerry traded for relief pitcher Trent Thornton from the Blue Jays in exchange for Mason McCoy. Um, I know you during spring training were a little bit high on Mason McCoy, Bo, but uh, you know, you, you think this was a pretty fair trade? Cause I don't know much about Thornton. Um, yeah. And honestly didn't know much about him either. Right. Um, I think we talked about Mason McCoy. Mason McCoy was having a, a pretty decent spring training and um, you know, I think maybe we thought there was an outside chance he would get, I don't know, a, a brief stint at some point in with the Mariners just for a little bit to kind of see what they've got out of him. But, uh, yeah, ultimately traded for Trent Thornton from the blue Jays. Um, you know, I would say, uh, on the relief side of things, um, he's kind of had, uh, I'd say somewhat mixed results, you know, four ERAs over the last two years. I think most recently in 2023, that is, um, does have an ERA under uh, two right now, but it is only over five innings. Um, so I think from from his side of things, uh, the pitch mix is going to be you know pretty my, primarily fastball, curveball, sweeper, um, in addition to that sinker. Uh, but his his baseball savant page, um, the the curveball spin is in like the 98th percentile, right? So like you could take that as a interesting stat point from the Mariner side of things, um, but also has some pretty good fastball spin. Um, even though the velocities, you know, it's like 93, 94, somewhere in there. So, um, you know, the Mariners kind of have, I would say, do, do a good job at producing bullpen arms and kind of getting guys that, uh, yeah, might not be as uh, loved by the other teams on the on the relief side of things. And this kind of maybe fits that a little bit. So I don't know what this exactly means, but uh, this certainly looks like somebody that they're going to probably try out in the bullpen, I would think um sooner rather than later um what that means for their some of their uh some of their trade deadline plans I don't quite know yet but um you know just uh, a good little get you know and the Mariners do bullpen arms relatively well so a good move yeah it's going to be real interesting because um you know the trade deadline's approaching and and we still can't get a beat on if the Mar- Mariners are truly I mean I don't think they're truly buying but we I don't see them truly selling either, you know, at least not getting rid of a lot of their core, but I mean, there's bullpen arms that could be for up for grabs this trade deadline. Paul Seawald's one of them, you know, as much as it hurt, like, you know, he could probably net us some, something pretty decent. And Justin Topa, you know, are among some of the relievers that might be on, um, you know, on their way out, unfortunately, but um, you know, uh, this could work out. I, it's really weird because it's, uh, you know, it's another guy that, that has a sweeper in his repertoire. It, it seems like the Mariners are finding more and more guys with that sweeper. Um, at least to me, I don't know. It seems like everyone but Munoz and maybe Brash throws a sweeper. Although, doesn't Brash's slider kind of look like a sweeper? Acts like it a little bit, or is that his cutter? I think we were talking I, about it on the broadcast uh, the other day. Again, a, a slider and a sweeper. It's I don't know I I I kind of couple couple them together but yes I think Brashes is more of a slider, um but uh, I think overall the Mariners do have a slight do have a type when it comes to you know fastball slider pitchers right uh, especially in the bullpen and mm-hmm. 
Uh, I think Thornton th- fits that bill, even though it looks like his curveball might be his one of his better pitches. So, um, but uh, yeah, they certainly do have a type when it comes to that kind of sleeper, a sweeper, slider, fastball combination. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the other player that uh, I think you noted might be on the trade deadline for the Mariners or on the, you know, getting calls for him is uh, Tay Oscar. You know, he's another one. And, and I think there's been a lot of talk recently around Tay Oscar. You know, they, you don't really know what the Mariners are doing. And I mean, it might be good to trade him now, you know, especially if you're not planning on making the playoffs or making a run at it and maybe get something out of him. And then, heck, you can really turn around and sign him in the offseason if you want. But um, I don't know. Who else do you think is going to be available um, for the Mariners? You know, I think those are probably the top three names, but. Um, any, anyone else that wouldn't be surprising? Um, outside the, outside who you listed, I mean, you have Teoscar, you have Topa. Um, I would assume that Paul Seawald is, is probably somewhere on that list. Um, Paul Seawald's a, a free agent in 2025. So they have, you know, the rest of this year and next year that he's under team control. So that's, um, you know, a big point that the Mariners can hold up, right. If they decide to move him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, relief pitching, especially at the deadline, you're going to be getting a little bit more bang for your buck on that. And, uh, I think as it's shaping up, I don't know how you've seen it thus far, but it seems like, um, I mean, everyone describes it like a seller's market, right? Like you're going to get a lot of value if you're a seller this year. So maybe there's some value in the Mariners doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't quite know what you're going to get for Paul Seawald, right? It seems very eerily similar to when we traded Kendall Graveman in 2021, right? So um, by that logic, I just don't want Abraham Toro. Like, I don't want, you know, that kind of player that has a lot of potential that just hasn't maybe tapped into it yet, but, like, we'll take a chance on him. Like, I don't know if I really want that. I think I'd rather hold on to Paul Seawald at this point or, you know, maybe try to move him in the offseason or something and couple him into a package that you get, like, a bigger bat out of. So... I don't know. I would say if I had to put it, uh, it would probably be Paul Seawald, Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, I think Justin Topa is probably in that mix somewhere. Um, and then I think you could probably also likely include Tom Murphy in that. Um, I think Tom Murphy is a free agent after this year. So, uh, you know, you're kind of at a point where he might become a rental for somebody else. So you might be able to see what you can get out of him. But um, also Tom Murphy swinging a very good bat right now. So it'd be difficult to, to, to part with him, but, uh, he's somebody I think that might also be, uh, be talked about in some of these deals, but, uh, I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know if anything's going to come out of this trade deadline, right? The Mariners are kind of having like one foot in one foot out. Um, but, uh, you know, Jerry, uh, Jerry might get the itch if something, if the, if the right deal falls through, I think Jerry would, you know, certainly do it. Yeah. Uh, Tom Murphy, from what I've been seeing on the Twitterverse and trade rumors and stuff like that, is he's getting a little interest from people like the Yankees because, like, the Yankees just had Jose Trevino. Uh, I think he's out for the season. Um, So Tom Murphy's probably going to gain a little bit of interest, especially with this hot bat um, that he's swinging. Um, He's he's really looking good. Um, You know, you could tell he's kind of finally healthy. You know, I think he's been battling his health for a good part of a year. Um, so I, I think he could net something. I, I, I would expect something decent back from him, like not earth shattering. But, I mean, I could see him get moved. But, um, 
I don't know. You you described it as a seller's market, and I, I don't, I don't know. After last night's trade, you know, we're shooting on a on a Thursday and Wednesday night. Angels made moves and and got Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez. Um, you know, and they only had to give up their top two prospects, but also the Angels, um, you know, they're farm system isn't the greatest you know i think their top prospect is logan ohoppy and he was you know i think he's technically not a prospect anymore because he played a bunch at the start of the season um i i don't know that that doesn't tell me that it's a seller's market because i kind of expected the white Sox kind of to get back maybe uh, a little bit more major league ready players but also the angels don't have a lot of those unless your name is I don't know, Shoei or Mike Trout or Brandon Jury. <laughs> I don't maybe maybe they should have tried to move Rendon there or something, but um I don't know. It was just it was an interesting move seeing Gito Giolito get moved. Um and I know you you mentioned it before we hopped on. Uh it was kind of funny that Giolito and Lopez got moved again together because they got moved uh I can't remember what year you had said, but back when the uh Nationals traded him away. Right, yeah, it was for uh, I believe the deal was for Adam Eaton. So it's just uh, it's kind of just funny how things kind of go around, right? Because you kind of thought both those guys were going to be part of a, a great White Sox team for a couple of years, and it just didn't kind of end up materializing there. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Like the, these deals get a little bit hard, and uh, the thing about Giolito and uh. Um, the thing about Giolito and Reynaldo, which is also going to be the thing for Tom Murphy and Teoscar Hernandez, is that, um, you know, you're only going to get them for <clears throat> realistically like two months, two and a half months. So, like, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not surprised by the return that the that the White Sox got, I guess, because, yeah, you're you're only going to have them for that long. Right. So um, not super surprised by it. And I think that's just another way of saying, like, I'm not anticipating the Mariners getting a lot for Teoscar or Tom Murphy or policy while they should ask more but for either you know teoscar or tom they should probably not going to get as much as we probably intended which probably leads me to think that we may not move either of them but um you know if there's something to be had out there or some maybe a scout likes or some player that um might be available i could see the manner is pulling the trigger but uh, i would not anticipate us getting large returns for for really either of those guys yeah yeah um i don't know if you saw this bo and it's not on our notes here, but uh former Mariner and Guardian and with a bunch of other teams too. Um Carlos Santana. He got moved today. Did you see that? I did. I did see that, yes, going to the Brewers. Did you think did you think the Mariners should have got in on that action? I don't I don't think they should have got in on the action. I'm I'm actually rooting for him. Um I, I kinda like the Brewers as a team and uh I think certainly that NL Central could be open. You know, Reds are doing well and and whatnot. But, uh, you know, down here for the Cardinals, the Cubs aren't doing great. And the Brewers have a chance if they want to try to, you know, make the playoffs. So, uh, you know, kind of cool to see. Carlos Santana hopefully go to another team and help push him to the playoffs. Carlos um, Santana's becoming a you know, good selection just... on uh, Immaculate Grid now, now that I think about it. Because, like, oh, he's played he, for so many teams. So he certainly he's... is. He's become a Actually, good choice, yeah. They did that the other day. They did that the other day where they had one where it was like once one was like across was the Mariners and then like 
the Guardians and the Pirates were the other one. And I'm like, I could put Carlos Santana here either way, you know? And then I realized I put him, I think I put him Mariners Guardians, and I'm like, I should have put him Mariners Pirates because I can't think of a Mariners Mariners Pirates one. (laughs) You know, I could think of more Mariners Guardians, like Sinshu Chu, Ben Broussard, guys like that. But, yeah, I made a mistake. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, trade... Trade deadline, though, you know, kind of go back to that. Um, it's just heating up. It's it's just getting started. I mean, just looking at trade rumors, Nolan Arenado's name's coming up a little bit. Uh, Padres are listening on Juan Soto, uh, Jordan Hicks, uh, Blake Snell, and Josh Hader. Uh, their names have been brought up. I don't think they're going to get moved. Um, Tim Anderson. So, I mean, it, there's, there's so many guys. It's going to be a probably a pretty wild uh, deadline especially as we uh inch close for the next couple days um so well I, i'm just very interested to see what the mariners are going to do you know if they they end up selling off some guys and getting some young pieces or what but uh it certainly looks like within the division the angels are trying to make moves to make that the playoffs and and show show way that uh they they want to keep him I think it's inevitable, inevitable that that he's leaving, but um, I think they're trying to show show away that they're at least interested in keeping him. Yep. No, I think you're. I think you're right, and maybe that means they try to work out something between now and uh, you know October. Um, but uh, I think he's. I think I think that ship has sailed. I think so. Uh, unless the unless the Angels really go on a tear here, which they are playing somewhat better, but. Uh, yeah, I don't see I don't see it happening currently. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. And he'll just be a mariner next season. So anyways. <laughs> no no comment there, Bill. Uh whenever I hear the term Mariner and Otani in the same kind of, you know, two or three words coupled together, I kind of always just tune out. So sorry. You do that with a lot of things. I I don't think we have enough time in the show to go over things that you tune out over, but I'll, I'll add that to the list. Mariners and Otani in the same sentence. So, sorry, are you saying something? I wasn't I wasn't listening. Sorry about that. What, 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 see, what you, see, you there it was. There it was. There it was. There it was. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Mariners Twin Series. Um, well, just an overview of this real quickly. Uh, they took two or three. They probably should have swept them, you know. Uh, they probably should have won that first game. Where has this Mariners team been this season? Because um, they they seem to have to battle back. It was a it was a, a slugfest uh, from the word go, um, and and the Mariners were able to take two or three from Minnesota. Where where has this team been? I yeah, I don't know. This is. Uh... This was uh, just a great series, and uh, where has this team been? Where has um, where has Mister Julio been? Right, um, I think all kind of came together in this series uh, pretty well. I think, save for maybe a you know George Kirby, I think rougher start, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like there were uh, a number of contributors in this game, and then you're talking about one game in particular where we continue to score almost every single inning, like what kind of Mariner offense is that? Right. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was good to see. And I know the, 
I think Jerry was talking about the weather was being a little bit warmer there in Minnesota. So things were kind of flying out of the ballpark a little bit better, but um, you know, you still got to get good swings on the bat like the Mariners did. And uh, yeah, the, I think the battle back, especially in the, was it the Tuesday game? Uh, I think stuck out to me a lot um, because this team, I think gets down on themselves a lot early in games. And the fact that they were able to battle back from that, I think, especially in those, you know, eighth and ninth innings was um, incredibly, incredibly good to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I feel this is, I feel like this is one of the better or more fun series wins of the season, just given that, um, I still, mm-hmm. I thought that we still had, um, you know, even though I think we had some higher scoring games, I thought we were, there was still some pretty good pitching performances coupled with, um, you know, the offensive side. And I think obviously having your superstar play like a superstar is uh, always fun to watch. Yep. And <clears throat> they battled back in the first game too, in Monday's game, um, they ended up losing four, three, uh, in 10 innings. Um, but, uh, it was two to one going into the ninth and the Mariners, uh, was it Colton long Colton long hit a home run, his second home run of the season, um, in the ninth off of Griffin Jacks, who, if you remember last time we saw the twins, which was last week, uh, Griffin Jacks had not given up a home run all season and Gino hit a home run off of him. And so, uh, you know, we fly to Minnesota and in the ninth inning, Colton Wong hits his second home run of, uh, of the season. And that was off of Griffin Jacks. So, um, you know, he's, you know, very hard to hit off of. And I, I think the Mariners have been doing pretty well against him. Um, you know, and then obviously, uh, kind of faltered, um, in the ninth inning, Munoz came in for the ninth inning, um, you know, blew the save, did give up a run. And then Paulie P., uh, I, I don't know why I keep calling him Paulie P. Paulie Seawald um, only went a third of in the inning of an inning in the tenth, um, gave up two hits, one run, and uh, ended up taking the loss. But uh, I know you uh, you thought Luis looked pretty good until about the fifth, and overall he went seven strong. Um, you know, seven innings, only gave up four hits, two runs, both of them earned. Did walk two people, but had nine Ks. Um, you know, he's looking. Strikeout wise, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, he's starting to trend in a in a much better direction now. Um, seems like he's kind of, I think, settled down a little bit. And I think in this game in particular, Wright got out of those first couple, uh, you know, first four innings without giving up a run, which I think was big, right? Because Luis has had problems with that <clears throat> earlier in the season. So um, all very positive from Luis in this game. I think he was able to take advantage of... <clears throat> you know, a team that does swing and miss a lot. So like he was able to generate 18 of them in this game. Um, you know, I just thought that his pitch mix was a little bit, um, more, uh, I would say separated out. Right. I think he used his slider a little bit more in this game. Um, you know, use the changeup in the sinker. He kind of had, I think a lot of good pitches going in this one. Um, <clears throat> you know, nine whiffs on the slider alone in this game. Um, again, the, the twins do that a lot and kind of took advantage of it. And, uh, I know that he still had, you know, a couple of mistakes here, here and there, but, you know, still was only able to give up, I think two runs in this game, um, you know, gave the team a chance to win. Um, and it's just, uh, he's looking, he's starting to trend in a much better positive direction for myself. So at least what I see so far. So, oh, yeah. um, I was, I was very encouraged by the start, despite the, uh, you know, the tough, I think fifth inning that he had there with, uh, I think a Larnick triple. And then, um, I think it was a Vasquez single right after that, that ended up scoring, you know, most of the guys there, but, uh, 
yeah, despite that, still a good solid start from Luis. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, it's kind of nice to see him get off the the snide a little bit and uh, you know look back, look like uh, the Luis Castillo of old, the La Pedra of old. Um, the only other pitcher we haven't talked about is Justin Topa. He went in the eighth inning, um, didn't give up a hit, no earned runs, had a K. Um, again, I I think Topa is kind of that third option in the bullpen. I know we talked about this last week. Um, Topa's kind of that third option. It could get moved, and uh, he's looking pretty good, uh, you know, especially recently, um, looking pretty good and, and looking like he's got a little bit of trade value. So um, <clears throat> you got anything else to add, Bo, before we move on to the offense here a little bit? Um, no, I don't think so on the pitching side for right now. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It should, should be noted, you know, Munoz did blow the save. Um, but Trammell came into the game. Um, I think he came in into left field, almost made a big catch, but couldn't get all of it. And that kind of allowed the twins to make a comeback. Um, if he makes that kick catch, I, I think the Mariners end up winning this game. Um, but can't can't win them all there so offensively mariners out hit uh minnesota nine to eight um jp at the top of the lineup went two for five did have a k but he's hitting about 260 at least after this game um julio and gino both had a hit uh tom murphy two for four had a big home run solo home run to get things started um 420 foot bomb his second one off of kenta may my ada this season um, cause he hit one when the twins were in Seattle. So again, Tom Murphy's raising his stock. Um, Cal Raleigh came in and had a pinch hit single. Um, Cade Marlowe ended up getting his first hit. Um, I think this was his first hit as a Mariner. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but, uh, he went one for two and then, um, Colton Wong again, came in and pinch hit for Caballero in the ninth, had a pinch hit two run home run. Um, the big killer here though, you know, the, the reason the Mariners probably didn't win this game. Um, team runners in scoring position 0 for 11. They left 8 on. So they just couldn't bring anyone around when we got them on base. And that kind of led to, uh, you know, the Mariners uh, losing this game. You know, although they battled back. So, um, and Cade Barlow also had his first stolen base of the season. Um, in, what was it, off of May, Maeda? I don't know what inning that was, but. Um, you know, if, if you just watch this game and you're like, oh, it wasn't, it's not going to be a good series. Uh, they, they certainly turned it around in game two. So, um, game two, moving on to game two, uh, 97 victory. Matt Brash came in and got the win. Seawald looked a little bit better and got to save his 20th of the season. And, uh, I don't, this was just a, a fun ball game, Bo, to, uh, to watch. Certainly not the first seven innings, but, uh, the eighth inning, the Mariners scored four runs in the ninth inning. They were able to tack on three and pick up the victory. So offensively, um, it, it was pretty good. Able to battle back. Yeah. It was probably fun for twins fans to start the game and ended up being more fun for Mariners fans as the game went along there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this one, um, you know, I think, George Kirby's probably the um, the down part, if you want to call it that, of this game. Um, I think you know, still, I mean, still like 
overall still had nine K's only walked one. So like that was good to see, but um, yeah, just had a, just had that kind of bad first inning. Um, you know, Matt Walner swinging a pretty, uh, pretty good bat right now. Um, and I think he lined up and matched up well against Kirby. So, um, you know, gave, I think gave up a home run, had a couple other hits kind of go, not go his way in the first inning there. Um, so I think despite that, uh, you know, overall very good game, I think from the offense, um, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if you're kind of seeing it, but from, from my standpoint, it just seems like Julio, uh, I think this was the game where Julio got dropped down the order a little bit. I think he got dropped to fifth in this one, if I'm, if I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yep. uh, yeah, honestly just looked uh, a little more comfortable at the plate. Looked like he wasn't trying to play as much, you know, what, what do they like to call it? Hero ball or pressing as much, um, kind of stayed back on his back foot a mm-hmm. little bit. And, uh, yeah, just overall looked more comfortable in this game, um, with, uh, <clears throat> you know, two the two home runs, I think in this one, um, uh, you know, obviously the main part, I think that we all really wanted to see. Um, and I think you were saying that it sounds like we should probably talk, um, we should probably talk bad about Julio more often apparently. Right. Cause that just, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. ended up, uh, ended up going our, uh, our way in this one. Yeah. Every, every, every time I, uh, feel like we talk bad about someone, they kind of make us eat our words and Julio was no exception because he, uh, he went two for five, had three RBIs, had two big home runs, one in the second inning off of Pablo Lopez, one in the eighth inning um, off of Emilio Pagan. And then uh, Cade Marlowe also came through and got his first home run uh, of his major league career. And he ended up going two for three, had two runs, scored in the ninth, um, had his first RBI, or I think that was his first RBI. Let me look at it. Yeah, his first RBI this game. And uh, just overall looked pretty good, so. Um, you know, good on Julio, good on Cade, um, to get his first home run. I'm looking at other parts of the lineup here. Uh, JP went one for three, had a walk, scored twice. Um, Gino went one for four, had two RBIs, had a walk, did K twice. Um, Cal went two for five. Uh, Julio went two for five. Like I said, Ty France went one for four and Wong went one for four. Don't look now, Bo. Colton Wong's heating up. You know, he's, uh. He's uh, got hits in back-to-back games now, so. Yeah, heating up just in time for Didi Gregorius to probably get ready. But no, I mean, hey, still positive to see. Um, you know, happy for Colton Wong. Um, you know, happy to happy that it's a two-game hit streak and things are going well. So there you go. Yep. Yep. Um, runners in scoring position as a team, four for 11, only left five on base. So they were bringing them around at a pretty good clip. Uh, Teo, Marlowe, Cal, Julio, and Gino all had RBIs and looking at the two baggers, JP had a two bagger, Cade Marlowe had a two bagger, Raleigh had a two bagger and Gino had a two bagger. So, um, just to kind of wrap up this game, like you said, Kirby didn't look his best, but still had nine K's and four innings. Did get tagged for five earned runs on seven hits. Home, gave up a home run. Gabe Spire came in after Kirby for the fifth. Looked really good. Had three Ks, bringing that ERA down a little bit. It's over four right now. Um, Isaiah Campbell didn't give up a hit, but um, you know he walked a couple batters, and they, one of them was able to score. So he gave up an earned run. Sacedo came in, had a base on balls, but also had a K. Um, 
did any any of work. And then Matt Brash, like I said, got the win, and Seawald got the save. So um, overall, good. You know, we we said this before. There's a good team victory, and uh, I don't know. I think they kind of um, took notes in Wednesday's game in the day game because uh, <laughs> you know it was even even closer in Wednesday's game and. Mariners were uh, able to win 8-7. Like you said, Bo, kind of teasing it as we overviewed the series. This is the one that the Mariners kind of, they scored in the first six innings. You know, so six of the nine innings they were scoring. Um, They did get out hit by the Minnesota uh, 12-10. But uh, Bryce Miller came in, looked good, got the win, dropped his ERA under four, and Munoz got a second save of the season. Um, I don't know, Bo, but Bryce... You know, kind of mixing in the slider a little bit, and uh, he was looking pretty good. Did have seven Ks. Bad part of his uh, game, obviously, he gave up four home runs, and I think that's where you kind of attribute what Jerry said, you know, with the warmer weather, kind of making the ball fly out of the park. Granted, all four of those home runs were solo shots. So, Yeah, he did a good job of limiting, you know, base runners, right? Um, And... uh... I was it. I think it was Matt Walner. Was it this game where I think he had, yeah, he had two home runs in this game and he's just kind of swinging a hot bat right now. So um, yeah, tough one, mm-hmm. tough one on that side of things. But uh, honestly, I really liked what Bryce Miller did for the most part in this game. I think there was an at bat. Um, I want to say it was against Christian Vasquez. Let me just double check on that but i think it was against christian vasquez where it seems like he gave christian vasquez just a healthy batch of just uh continued um like sliders right i feel like he gave him sliders every single pitch of that at bat and uh yeah i think that that's super encouraging to see right the fact that he's able to be comfortable with that to kind of go you know at least one whole batter with it so um <clears throat> i uh i was impressed with i was impressed with bryce miller in this game thought that um you know, the pitch mix looked good, worked the slider in more, still able to uh, keep his velocity, I think, throughout the game. So um, I think all very good despite the home runs. Um, and I don't know. I think he's kind of I think he's kind of coming, really coming along. I feel like we probably talk more about Kirby and, you know, Gilbert and maybe even Brian Wu to an extent. But uh, Bryce Miller, I think somebody that we might say like, oh, he only has one pitch. So, you know, we don't really know what all to expect of him, but it's a really, really good fastball. And it seems like the slider's coming along. So, um, yeah, I'm really encouraged by what we've seen out of Bryce Miller, you know, obviously in this game. And I think for, for what we've seen him for most part of the season anyways. Yeah. Yep. Um, looking at the other pitching stats here, um, they did try to give it away a little bit in the sixth, you know, Bryce Miller got taken out after five and two thirds and then Matt Brash came came in, gave up two hits, led to a run, um, one earned. So he gave up a run, but got a hold his 13th of the season. Um, Gabe Spire came in in the seventh and didn't give up any hits, had a, uh, had a strikeout. And then Topa got his uh, 15th hold of the season, came in in the eighth, did give up a hit, but nothing came of that. And then Andres Munoz in the ninth, um, did give up a hit, didn't strike out anyone, but that didn't come around. And Mariners were able to pick up the victory in the ninth off of Munoz's second save. Um, offensively, uh, just uh, like I said, they did get out hit, but they looked pretty good. 
Julio um, went back to the top of the lineup this game because JP got a day off and he went three for five um, with an RBI. Only K'd once at the top of the lineup, so he's hitting 250 now. Um, Gino went one for four, had an RBI, and K'd twice. Teo, it was kind of a down series for Teo. Um, did have a couple RBIs here and there, um, but went one for five in this game. I think that was his only hit of the whole series. Um, Ty France, Mike Ford all went over. Um, and then Dylan Moore, you know, don't look now, but Dylan Moore's getting hot too. Dylan Moore out of the eight, the eight hole went three for four, had two runs, um, four RBIs, only struck out once, two big home runs, one in the second inning off of Joe Ryan, one in the fifth inning off of Balazovic, Jordan Balazovic. Um, you know, you, you said it. Uh, you said it, and I think I've said it before. Um, Dylan Moore probably just needed a little bit more uh, rehab um, assignment. You know, he I don't think he looked great when he first came back. Um, but uh, since the All-Star break, he, he's kind of picking it up. You know, he's, he's showing some power and getting on base and um, showing that he can play all over the field. Um, you know, do you expect Dylan Moore to can, kind of continue this upward trend? Um, yeah, I do. I, uh, I, you know, I would anticipate that, uh, you know, probably for the rest of the season, he'll be, you know, kind of the, a good, uh, you know, a little bit more than replacement level, obviously player, but a good, but a good, uh, you know, quality bench bat for us. Um, and very well could end up displacing Colton Wong as well at some point, depending on, you know, how the mayors are feeling of with everything, but, I also don't really know what the Mariners plans are going to be for the rest of the year. And maybe it just makes sense to keep Colton Wong, but uh, regardless, you know, Dylan Moore, I think uh, is still, uh, you know, a good position player to kind of fill in at, you know, numerous different places. And I think the, you know, the idea was always that, you know, he was going to play second base um, against lefties and Colton Wong was going to play against righties. Right. Um, You know, obviously used him in the capacity to kind of fill in for JP on this one, but um, yeah, I think he's going to definitely be a meaningful contributor, I think, down the stretch. And uh, yeah, happy to have him, I think, back in the role that we kind of anticipated him to be in at the start of the year. Yep, yep. Uh, wrap up this Wednesday game. Uh, runners in scoring position. Mariners went five for nine, only left five on. So again, another game where they were bringing people around at a good clip. Mike Ford did ground into a double play. And uh, yeah, that was the series. Mariners were able to take it two to one in the series, uh, brought their record up to two games over 500. Um, and they've got a big series coming up against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to see this Diamondback series, Bo. Um, Corbin Carroll looks, you know, maybe not recently it was looked like the real deal, but I, I certainly think this is a winnable series too, because, um, you know, the, the Diamondbacks don't have Zach Gallen going this week. Yeah, Zach Gallen and, um, you know, Merrill Kelly. Uh, I, I, w- I would think those are their, probably their, close to their top two starters. Tommy Henry's had a okay season. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that, yeah, this is a good ser- good chance for, I think, the the Mariners to maybe pick up another couple wins here. Um I think I was reading the Mariners basically have to go two and three, um, you know, 
two win two out of three for the next couple of series to really kind of you know for the rest of the year to make a, a good run at the play um so i think that this would be a good yeah. series to see what happens and uh yeah i think with we have logan gilbert brian Wu, luis castillo going so with those guys um i think especially luis and the, the run that he's been on i think we have some good chances to kind of steal a couple of games here yep certainly certainly this and we've got you know some pretty good pitching matchups we've got logan gilbert against tommy henry like you said bo tommy henry's kind of had an all right season Saturday's Brian Wu versus Brandon. I think you say it Faft. Um, but uh, two young guys. Um, I know Brandon Faft was pretty big in their, uh, in the uh, Diamondbacks uh, prospect pool. So, you know, that's going to be a good uh, matchup. And then Lapidra, Luis Castillo coming out for Sunday's game against Ryan Nelson. Um, yeah. We're going to, we're going to keep saying it. Two, two of three. You got to take two of three. You know, um, this would certainly be a good series to get the sweep in, you know, kind of distance yourself from 500, show the world that you're not going to bounce around at 500 anymore, but um, at least two or three. Um, but what uh, pitchy matchup are you looking most forward to? Um, hmm. I think, uh, you know, let's go with, uh, let's probably go with, Brian Wu and Brian, um, Brian Wu and Brandon Fadat Fat. Is that how you pronounce it? I can't know. Uh, but Faft, uh, Faft, Faft yeah, I, I can't know. Uh, but yeah, we'll go with we'll go with that one. Try to see what Brian Wu's got in store for us. And um, <clears throat> you know, I think this will be. I think we're. I think the the jury's still out on when exactly the Mariners are going to probably move to like that six man rotation and try to slow Brian Wu down a little bit. But um, you know, this will be another. Mm-hmm good start to see what he's got before that happens so i'll go with that i think that's the one i'm kind of keying on to um i think that saturday game could be a make or break game um especially with it being so close to the deadline if they could take the first two i mean i'm not saying again we're going to be buyers but i don't think you really need to sell off the farm either if you can pick up maybe those first two games i honestly if you pick up a sweep this weekend i I don't see why you, you know, you either sit on some of those guys or look to just pick up other couple other pieces without having to trade away a lot. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun series. It's going to be interesting because I think this series, like I've been saying, is going to be a big one to, you know, kind of get a beat on what we're doing at the uh, trade deadline. So, um, all right, Bo, moving on to our final segment here. Prospect corner. It's my favorite time here. Um, you've got not Harrison Ford, but you got another Ford in store for us. Take it away. Yes, sir. I've got Walter Ford um, on tap today. Um, <clears throat> or uh, <laughs> um, I know you. I know you love this nickname. Uh, or the vanilla missile as uh, his. No, that is a his, that uh, is a nickname. terrible. Nickname. <laughs> it is bad. Uh, no, uh, Walter that Ford. That is an X-rated um, one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but Walter Ford. Um, Walter Ford's super interesting in terms of like he's very active on social media. You know, excited to be part of the Mariners. Um, and uh, I think what's kind of really interesting from like when I look at Walter Ford is like, 
you know, when I do this, I try to go to like all the different places. I try to go to Fangraphs. I try to go to Baseball Prospectus. I try to go to Baseball America. And like Baseball America is like, I would say maybe a little bit more down on Walter Ford in terms of, you know, his skill set. They think it's like the risk is pretty extreme with him. Uh, you know, Baseball Prospectus is really high on him. They have him in like the top 10 prospects of the Mariners. And then uh, Fangraphs is like super low on Walter Ford. So like it's it's kind of a kind of a mismatch of like uh, opinions on the guy. So uh, all to say, um, you know, he was drafted in the second round of last year um, out of high school uh, via Florida. Um, and, you know, he kind of has a fastball that gets up into the mid 90s, mid 90s. It's like close to like 97, 98. All right. Already right now. Um, he does have, uh, you know, a low 80 slider coupled with a, a changeup that's coming along like most young pitchers his age. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing about him is he's, you know, six foot three. I think he's right around 200 pounds right now. A kind of a good build for, uh, for a starting pitcher. Um, <clears throat> uh, he is in the complex league right now and has only made a handful of starts, but, um, I think the starts that he has made pretty encouraging, uh, you know, he's only going about two, three innings a time right now. Um, just kind of making sure that the he gets stretched out the right way that the Mariners want him to, um, but yeah, the stats right now are, you know, 9.8 Ks per nine. We're walking about four per nine, you know, giving up about um, 0.6 home runs per nine. So, um, you know, all to say, uh, you know, developing prospect, you know, only 13 innings pitched right now, but um, I think has a pretty high ceiling right when it's all said and done. And it's a good um, you know development piece for the Mariners. And they, given, you know, the Mariners track record with um, pitchers over the last couple of years, I think there's a chance the, uh, the vanilla missile might be another one that um, we see uh, in Seattle, you know, won't be this year, certainly or next year, even likely, or maybe even the year after, but um, yeah, somebody that I think could, uh, I think could go up the charts, I think with a couple more successful outings, I think in the complex league. So the vanilla missile, Walter Ford, uh, Rick's favorite player. Can, can, can you not use that nickname ever again, please? Like, uh, that is, like, again, terrible, terrible. Uh, no, in I the words no, of Charles Barkley, no. terrible. It's terrible. That's the real <laughs> terrible thing that just happened right there is you trying to imitate Charles Barkley. So vanilla missile all day. I know that's what saying. I say. No, 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 Bo. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's our show for the day with Bo trying to irritate me with vanilla missile and me trying to irritate him with charles barkley and trying to <laughs> imitate him but anyways well <laughs> you got anything else for our listeners before we get out of here nothing for me when are we gonna bring back uh uh trivia day or uh uh you know or a trivia question every so often i feel like you uh we'll bring you, it back uh, we always have so much that. to we, we always have so much to go through so like there's so much to talk about so i'll uh I'll think about it. Maybe we'll do like an in-season trivia question next time. I can think of that the next time. How does that sound? You know, I, I think I gave you one last week, so I think I'm due for one now. Okay. I think I'm, I'm due for you to send me one. Oh, how about this? You, I, I told, you know what? I, you know, impromptu here. I You told me I had homework last time we met, so I'll do it this time. So Ken Griffey, right? Ken Griffey, you wanted me to pull this up, right? So I did it in 1990, okay? 
his second year in the majors comparable to Julio. You wanted to look at like ninth inning performance, right? Um, what do you suppose in 1990, Ken Griffey's second year playing baseball, right? Was Ken Griffey's batting average in the ninth inning? Uh, 190. In the ninth inning. It was two forty-five. Two forty-five. Yes, sir. A, a little bit better. Two forty-five. Yes, he's huh. uh, he's trending a little bit ahead of Julio when it comes to you know late performance. So there you go. Yeah. However, you know what? I do want to say this, yeah. and kind of looking at this, I think an uh, important thing to note about Julio is Julio in the ninth inning of last year was incredibly solid. So I think just a follow-up point on that is like. I don't anticipate a whole, a whole lot of Julio's ninth inning struggles to really continue. I think given his tracker last year, 357 on ba- 357 base batting average, 386 on base percentage with a 691 slug in the ninth inning of last year. So, um, you know, better in Griffey in that sense, right? So um, I think there is a chance that Julio trends a little bit better, you know, despite, you know, um, his recent struggles. So there you go. You ended up having a lot to say to our listeners before we got out of here. I, I like know, it. I know. I just I know. had to ask the right question. There you go. <laughs> I like it. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bochism, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week.